Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Awards Radar podcast. I am not Joey, and this is not Miles. Welcome to the television edition of the Awards Radar podcast. I'm, again, Steve Prusikowski. Everyone else, you can say hello. Introduce yourselves. This is... Sorry. Uh, this is uh, Abe Friedhanser. And I'm Amanda Spears. We're going to kick off this Emmy episode with some conversation about the nominations and our thoughts. Abe, if you want to take over from here and get things moving. Yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about how the last few years we've had these shows that have just completely dominated and swept all their on-air categories, namely Schitt's Creek two years ago and The Crown last year. While there's no show this year that's actually nominated in every category that will air during the ceremony, we still have these juggernauts that are poised to win such an overwhelming number of their you know, respective genre categories, and that's Succession, Ted Lasso, and the White Lotus. And every time I drive past these billboards in LA that advertise, you know, 20 nominations, whatever, I keep thinking about the fact that we could be up for a very uninteresting in some ways sort of sweep. Do you think that's something that's going to happen this time around? I'll take this. Um, No, for for a couple of reasons. One, people are leaving their houses more regularly. what happened those two years, uh, these past two years, is those both of those series benefited from uh, there not being as much heavy competition, and also the fact that people locked in their homes really became addicted to those series. I mean, Schitt's Creek just kind of seemed like this happy little town we all wanted to live in and, and be a part of, and then The Crown last year really benefited from a lot of the top tier dramas including succession being ineligible because they didn't film and that included ozark i I think break better call saul so i don't think especially in comedy and drama we're going to see uh see something like that now i do think we could see uh four or five awards but even that in either comedy or drama feels like a lot. And I think the White Lotus is a little bit more vulnerable than people want to admit. Because if you look at any, one thing I always tell people when they're looking at the Emmys is, yes, being the nominee total, being the nominee um, leader is great. Having all of those nominations is awesome. But look at all the categories, because in mo- because unless there's a tie, which does not usually happen at these things, you can only win a category once. So if you look at the categories, a lot of the times these, these shows are closer than they appear. So yes, Ted Lasso might have more nominations, but how many categories is it in compared to Hacks? Or how many categories is it in? compared to Abbott Elementary. That's something to keep in mind also when you're looking to make Emmy predictions. I'm sorry if that was a little too long. No, I, I agree. And But I think one of the things that about Schitt's Creek was when it was airing, it was five seasons of binging while we were locked up in our houses. And yeah. it, it was a 
positive, very positive series when everyone was, you know, searching for positivity. So it was the right series at the right time. Plus you got five seasons of it to binge and watch the whole story and the whole progression. You pretty much had one shot to award it. You had one shot or two shots. Uh, they had two shots. They were nominated for their fifth season, but I agree with you. I think the sixth season, you know, a lot of people who probably didn't see it were like, well, might as well watch it now. And you just end up on this like sugar positive high where you're in love with this entire town. And you have to remember the series didn't receive any Golden Globe nominations for uh, for the season five, but Catherine O'Hara and the series both received SAG Award nominations. So there was some notice ahead of time that this, even before season six dropped, that this was a strong possibility. Plus you had Dan and Eugene Levy pretty much host the SAG Awards. So this was, the, the ball was rolling. Yeah, and, and as you see now in advertising, uh, they're all over the place. So obviously there was a yeah. lot of love and that, and that love persisted. Um, when it comes to the series you're talking about now with Succession, Lasso, and White Lotus, I think uh, it's very tough because I said Ted Lasso, you have Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, and I think are the two biggest that are uh, that people are in. Oh, I think you're forgetting Abbott Elementary. It's, it's Lasso, Hacks, Murders, and Barry, I think, are the top four. I think the other four for me are... I think Abbott is my is my fifth, where the bubble is, and then everything else. But I don't see anything go, going their way. But lasso, I think it's is in comedy. I think you're going to have some division amongst uh, where the the trophies go. Succession is the one that I think could could maybe land a bunch. But then again, it really depends on where what Severance does. If Severance shows up at all, it could be a very interesting night. I I loved White Lotus, but White Lotus feels like forever ago. So I wonder how that's going to help or hurt it. Obviously, they did great in nominations, but if any, if the voters are actually watching this stuff, uh, Dope Sick is mm-hmm. uh, is an incredible series, and it also depends on the political climate. The White Lotus is more of a, of a, a guilty pleasure, where Dope Sick has something to say. It's very soap opera, White Lotus, and you know they never awarded Desperate Housewives. Uh, it's even a little bit more campy than I, I would say, like Big Little Lies, which went a couple years ago. And Dope Sick seems like this very important. It's in all the right categories. It's landed all the nominations it needed. That's one where I'm really going to pay attention to casting. I because I, I I don't see any one of those series winning casting and the limited series this year and not winning limited series. So. I, I might wait to make my final decision and defer to whoever wins casting, which has it's six out of seven. The only one who lost casting was Chernobyl to when they see us. And you understand that when they see us, they had that double casting of the, the, the central park five that defines your Jerome. You kind of understand how they won casting and not uh, series. I well, I keep thinking back to to last year with WandaVision and how that was the nominations leader and that it was really, you know, um, that the Queen's Gambit ended up winning and Mayor of Easttown, I think, came very close to winning. And so yes. 
I do see the fact that Dopesick could do well. I also, even though it's not a technical precursor anymore, uh, Caitlin Deaver did win the Golden Globe over Jennifer Coolidge. Um, I do think that unlike... No. What? No, I'm sorry. Sarah Snook won the Golden Globe. My, okay. Sorry. That was my mistake. There may have been something else that I was talking about. Thank you for that correction. I think you're thinking of the critic's choice, wasn't it? Yes, which I'd argue is actually a better predictor then. So thank thank you for that. Um, I'm I'm so sorry. You had me confused. I'm like, wait a second. No, no, this is good. This is good. It's good to be talking to people who know to correct these statistics. Um, But in any case, the idea, but I do think that the White Lotus and Ted Lasso are similar in that you could clearly point to the front runners in the supporting categories. You'd say Brett Goldstein and Hannah Waddingham. You'd say Murray Bartlett and Jennifer Coolidge. I don't think that the other people compete with them as much as, let's say, supporting actor for Succession, where, say what you will about Nicholas Braun, but Karen Culkin and Matthew McFadden, I think, really do uh, potentially cancel each other out because they're both so good, it's hard to pick one. And I think that, you know... I just I, I disagree with you. I I think that SAG Award nomination that Kieran Culkin got tells you where the actors are, are going. And I, I'll use Julia Garner as an example of that, because remember, she got in before she won her first Emmy and we were all like, what the hell? So the fact that he did get into that category, which typically favors only lead performers. Uh, shows me that it. It is Karen Calkin, and I, I, I don't think they're as close this year. I think Karen Calkin, especially in that season finale, he was so good. He gave you so many different layers to his performance. I, I think he is this time the clear choice. I just feel bad for Alan Rock. All those succession nominations, and it's like poor guy. He's worked forever. You couldn't get one nomination, right? Why? Well, I, I do think that. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Please. And this is probably his best season and, uh, and nothing again, but you know what? Succession is going to have at least another season and you never know. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll, it'll, that, that we will turn around and, and land on him this time. Right. But that's the, um, thing is it with, with that series is it is such a display of just incredible acting across the board and they get these meaty roles even the smaller roles, your traditional supporting, have gotten stuff to chew on. And, and mm-hmm. so it's interesting because, you know, where some series you see characters fading and disappearing into the background, they keep giving, like, your, you know, uh, Culkin's character keeps getting more to work with and, mm-hmm. and delivering on it. Uh, Nicholas Braun is, a, is another one who, when you first see him, he's vomiting in a uh, mascot or you know, like some... <laughs> Some kind and and now you're starting to wonder like is he going to be turning to like you know is he going to go to the dark side essentially uh, in this next upcoming season where is he going but they they were building it and they're putting those you know those those pieces were being laid out you just didn't see how they're going to land and how they're going to fit together so it's really interesting you know with, that's the thing with this series it's not like other series that you get about four or five seasons in and you go well we've told that we, we've learned enough about our characters and now we're just going to ride it ride it out and close things out they, they keep evolving and they keep growing and there's mortal errors just with you know almost every episode when you think you're done with it they add more and then they give you more sure right 
And I, I don't think people will be tired of it, but I do think there, there's a show that is not Severance, though I love Severance and wish it was Severance, that's going to potentially disrupt Succession. And I actually have it winning um, three of its four acting categories, um, and that's Squid Game, because I think Squid Game is unlike anything else in that it is an international non-English series, and so it's largely untested. And the fact that it did get so many acting nominations is important. Um, I think that if you're choosing between Jeremy Strong and Brian Cox, uh, it's potential that Squid Game wins there. I also think even though I think Julia Garner will win for Ozark again, um, I think Squid Game also could upset there. And I think in Best Guest Actress, which is a much harder category to, I always find the guest acting categories, I always do so much like thought about who's going to win. And it's always very easy to get it wrong, uh, just because those are somewhat unpredictable sometimes. Um, but I do think that Squid Game um, really landed very, very well, and that it could have easily gotten a nomination like Stranger Things for Best Drama Series and No Actors or something like that. And the fact that it showed up so much with these people who people don't, voters don't know these actors from anything else. And I think that that's, you know, the fact that they were so enthusiastic about them uh, means that uh, it could go off very well. I'm not secure in that. I just have, you know, that's my sense based off of what we've seen. Well, I'll tell you with guest actors, I, I, I think that Harriet Walter is in a position where she might be able to win both. Like, I never would say that, but when I saw these nominations, the way they came down, she is in a very good position to potentially win both of those if she can get past Jane Lynch. And they're not even the best Harriet Walter performance of the season, which was in the end on Showtime, which I'm not sure was Emmy eligible. But Well, regardless, I, I do <laughs> think that um, I love the Emmys. I'm an Emmy expert. Uh, the one thing I will say about Squid Game is that it is missing a crucial, crucial nomination. It's missing a casting nomination. And the, every series that has won in the, since this new system has, has been nominated for casting. The only, and on the drama side, only two series have won casting and lost series and that was stranger things for its first season obviously again the kid factor and then the crown one for basically a thank you for the first casting of the crown and game of thrones would win series so in the casting category they it's not just casting directors it's directors and producer it's directors and producers and casting directors voting so that gives squid game a very big disadvantage going in so I know a lot of people are predicting it to win drama directing. I don't think it can do it. And also, I love, I love, love, love the severance. Look out, I would say, for Adam Scott. I, I think he could do it. That would be cool. he is that work-a-day actor who's done so much stuff that he could just, you know, come up the middle and take this personally. I think he's in a really good position to potentially take this to take that trophy home hey let's move on to another uh one of the topics we're going to discuss but before we do if one of those three succession ted lasso or white lotus so the white lotus were to be the one that comes out with walking away with the most trophies and having a, a, a big Shit's creek type night which one would it be in your succession opinion? succession and it'll take 
I, I would say writing series, probably both is supporting and at least one or if not both of the um, guest categories. I think it's going to have a hard time in actor, but that category is so messed up. It could happen. How about you, Abe? I think it would be the White Lotus um, because I think it can easily win all the ones it's nominated for. Um, I think that Pax beating Ted Lasso for directing and writing last year indicates that Ted Lasso, partially because they always, or they, in some categories, submit multiple episodes for consideration, that it's not as, like, you can't just say any Ted Lasso episode is the best episode they've seen. Um, and so I think that's going to happen again this year. And so I don't even know that Jason Sudeikis is, is a lock. Um, and so I think that the White Lotus, nope. what do you think, Steve? You both make good cases. I'll go with Succession. Uh, I think the White Lotus, I, I really would not be surprised if Dopesick is the overperformer of the night. I think it could do well. And I think White Lotus will walk away with some, but I think it's going to be more of a split there. Mm. It really depends. Succession, I'd love to see some love for Severance and some Squid Game love as well. But it could stick with Succession because whenever you hear actors speaking about television, one of the series that comes up almost on every single actor's list is Succession. Right. There's an appreciation for the series itself and the work that's done on it, and it's you know as as seen in the nominations. So it's hard to see that one. You know, it's not a it's not a one hit wonder uh, where the White Lotus has only had one season to prove itself. So Succession, like again, like I said, to come back this many seasons in and deliver and deliver incredibly strong and to not reward it would be surprising. So that's fair. Uh, let's move on. What, what do you have next? So, I mean, I think that there are definitely some competitive acting categories. Um, I think if I were to look at it, I think the actress races for all three are the ones that that could be most surprising. Um, we can start with the one that's probably the most locked, and I think that's Gene Smart for Hacks. But I do I think that Quinta Brunson could win here. There's no reason for Gene Smart not to win. It's just a question. Yes, there is. You know. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the one thing I'll say about, again, awards note, I like to make my predictions based off just facts and data. Gene Smart, Jason Sudeikis, even Michael Keaton, just to give you give you a few names, are all in really tough positions. And you ask you ask why, Amanda? Well, it's simple. They've won a Golden Globe and a SAG. And Jason Sudeikis hasn't lost an award since when? So he is in a. So I, I do think for for Gene Smart, what she's got going for her is yes, she's Gene Smart. I think that I I do believe that lead actress is a place where Brunson could we could see Abbott Elementary make a move. Um, they've been really good about getting out there that you know it's been a long time since they've awarded an African American actress in this category. You also have to remember Abbott Elementary needed three things. It got two of them. One, it's the only network show nominated. Two, it overperformed. It really surprised even the most conservative people. And three, it really would have benefited Brunson for Issa Rae to be snubbed. So, because this is her last chance. 
but I, I do think that Smart is in a kind of a precarious position where she's won everything. She's swept. She is the fifth woman to win the top five awards. And I'm talking TCA critics, Globe, SAG, Emmy. Usually just winning those two Golden Globe and a SAG award does not equal an Emmy at the end. Ask, ask Anya Taylor-Joy how that worked out for her last year. Jason Sudeikis was able to buck that trend. But I don't I, I I do think, you know, she's she's in a good position, but she's not unbeatable like it was last year where we're like, well, give her the trophy. We know it's coming. Julia Louis Dreyfus was never in that position. What do you think, Steve? I, I essentially what I do is I I have two that are put in bold on my list. I think it's gonna be one of those two, Brunson and Smart. It depends. I like again, like I, I go back to you know, obviously, it what it seven nominations did was it for Abbott Elementary? Mm-hmm. It yeah. really it, it got nominations in every category it needed, including writing, directing, and casting. Thing is, though, I, I again, I still just don't hear enough buzz about it. If I was going to put money down, she'd probably be one of my locks. If it if I was wrong, you know what? I've been wrong before, um, but Brunson would be the one who who snuck in there, right? Yeah, I, I would want to see what TCA does first, because that could show us the changing wind if Brunson was able to take down that list of people. Yeah, I, I also okay. think I'm definitely a statistics person like you, Amanda, who relies a lot on that kind of thing. But I then again, every once in a while, there's something that comes along, which makes me think that, you know, it's it's there's always something that's going to break that at some point. But, oh, yeah, there's always an exception um, to the rule. Coda, I mean, Coda being a very good example, that even though it did get some important wins later on, that statistically there's no reason the, the power of the dog shouldn't have been able to go that far. But that's another question for another podcast. Being one of the few network shows out there, being one that has Disney support behind it, and um, you know, and it's a fresh show. It talks about education. It, you know, it covers topics that people actually care about. Uh, it's kind of universally un- uh, kind of understood. You know, it it does have some things leaning in, in its direction. Uh, what I'm doing, it's essentially doing, is talking myself out of Gene Smart. Yeah, I mean, I would still predict Gene Smart, but I I don't think it's like a engraver name on the trophy already, folks. There, this mm-hmm. is a race. This isn't as close as people. This isn't as locked up as I think it was last year. Oh, no, I agree with that. For the uh, drama actress race, I was uh, pleased to have predicted Zendaya two years ago when she was up for season one because I thought there were just too many big names in contention that were going to split the votes and that she was a cool choice. Um, I think this year, the important thing is that she actually has a much better shot because the show is up for best drama series. But I know that Melanie Linsky is also in the race and i feel like yellow jackets did perform maybe about as expected but it, it did a little bit better in my mind so i think mm-hmm. if you're looking at that i mean they're both great i would have loved to have laura linney be more in contention but i think ozark just didn't show up in the way that it needed to for its final season to really be there uh, but what, what, do, what do we think first of all laura linney is always in contention because the minute you discount her that's when she comes in and takes the trophy. Mm. Let's let's be clear about what that. She's Laura F. and Lenny for a reason. She has a habit of winning these things when people don't expect her to. Now, I, I think Zen, I, I think, you know, I discounted Zendaya for two reasons last time. One, her age, and two, the series wasn't nominated. 
this time I'm discounting her for the simple reason of they don't really reward people back to back anymore. That's so like five years ago, basically, unless you're in a supporting category. And I think Melanie Linsky has been the talk of the season, talk of the, you know, the cycle. And I think, you know, with Yellow Jackets, it's Showtime's big return. They're going to want to make a splash. They're going to want to make, you know, an announcement that they're back. And I, I think this is where the show picks up. Juliet Lewis was a moron for submitting and lead instead of going supporting where she belonged. That's just my opinion. But I, I do think, I think Melanie Linsky takes this. We wow. don't see back-to-back winners ever. It's, it, it hasn't happened since Claire Danes. Right. And Steve, I know you're a big fan of both shows, right? Yes, I am. Uh, but I'm going to go with another underdog, actually. I'm going to go with Britt Lauer for Severance. Oh, wait, no. They, they, the only real snub of the night. No, actually, there are two snubs. Uh, but one of the biggest snubs of the nomination morning. Britt Lauer, when you have the whole cast on there, essentially, uh, without, uh, with the exception of uh, Zach Jerry, who should also be nominated. And from Elton. Yeah. I really enjoy Foria. Yellow Jackets is one of my favorites of the year. I was very happy to see the nomination love it received. Um, Zendaya did have, I don't remember the episode number, did have that incredible episode where she was uh, in the streets and it was just a, a powerhouse performance in for 60 minutes. And but Linsky, you know, she has her love. I I I don't know where I again. Like I said, I have I I bold the ones who the the nominees I think really have a shot, and they're the only two. Um, I'm just going to say with with Yellow Jackets, I don't see where else they pull in a win. If they pull in more, I'd be I'd be very happy. But does anyone else have them winning anywhere else? No, I think in a panel system, Christina Ricci would have a, a decent chance. But um, no, I, I think it's Melanie Linsky. Yeah, but the thing is, has Snook won an Emmy? Uh, no, Snook hasn't won an Emmy. I, I do think the one thing you have to remember is, is that Zendaya was SAG eligible and didn't get a SAG nomination as a past Emmy, nom- Emmy winner. That oh, really? didn't help. Oh, okay. Yeah, that didn't help Billy Porter last year. So it's and- very common for your first season to be snubbed by SAG. So common, most yeah. of us just go, they just don't watch TV. And they're not up on it enough. So it, Melanie Linsky's snag, uh, sag snub, I'm combining words, isn't as problematic to me as Zendaya. So for that reason, I kind of have to go with Melanie Linsky. She's in the right age group. It's a coin flip. I would love to see Melanie Linsky, one of her favorite performances of the year. But if Zendaya won, I wouldn't be disappointed. The other five, I think, are pretty much a stretch at this point. I, I, I don't think, I think Ozark is going to walk away and just be happy to be there. I you think know, Julia Garner will win, and that might be the. Oh yeah, well Garner, Garner, I think has a very good chance of winning. And I, I was going to bring this up: Does Garner being nominated twice hurt her in the supporting actress for drama? No, because I think the love for her got her that Inventing Anna nomination. On top of the fact that. You know, it was one of the most seen limited series. Uh, it was number one for Netflix on Netflix for weeks. So the fact that she's giving you these two night and day performances only helps her. I even think she could win the other award um, for for limited series. I I was talked out of 
of my enthusiasm for inventing Anna on another uh, pre-nominations Emmy podcast um, because I enjoyed it and I thought everyone else did too. And then it was clear that it wasn't as well regarded critically um, and or at least by people predicting the Emmys. I don't think she's going to win, um, but I don't know. I mean, the dropout sort of leveled off a little like it did get the the draw mm -hmm. the limited series nomination which i wasn't sure it was going to but it didn't get you know um the additional acting nominations you know all that that it, that it could have um but i think pam and tommy also was really strong plus people love made so i think it's a the lead actress yeah. in a limited series will skip the or movie part because those don't matter obviously um but uh <laughs> i don't i mean i have i have amanda seyfried in, in first place but I, I think Sarah Paulson would be highly unlikely, but anybody else could could really win in my in my mind. Yeah, what about Tony well, Collette and the staircase that that underperformed as a whole? Oh yeah. Oh. So, you know, I, I think honestly, Tony Collette is borderline uh, supporting. Mm -hmm. You know, if she had gone supporting, I would predict her to win because I okay. think what she gives you is, and and she could still win because one. Everybody else in this category skews really young. And before you call me an ageist, before you just, you know, jump to she's just making assumptions, go scroll through all the winners. They're, they're women of a certain age. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she is in that kind of age range they like. Plus, she gives this masterfully difficult physical performance the problem is, you're right, it is borderline and supporting. I was surprised she went lead. Frankly, I thought she'd go supporting. And if she was in that supporting lineup, bump somebody, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd pick her right now. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Pick a name out of a hat. I was surprised overall with the, the lack of the staircase showing up uh, across categories. Right. That was a shock because I didn't think Tony Collette was a lock by any stretch. So after Conford and Tony Collette, I was like, wow, the staircase is doing well. And that mm -hmm. was it. And especially when you have Pam and Tommy and Inventing Anna oh making God. it into limited series, you know, obviously those, those were much more well regarded than I think we thought they would be. There was so much noise and nothing really exceptional this year for, for limited series. There were so many of them that were, okay, that's fine. But there wasn't like, oh my God, this one, there wasn't one that like captured, I think, people's attention like Mayor did and WandaVision and, and obviously the Queen's Gambit, but had all of us going by chessboards. Yeah, but I think, you know, the, the times have changed and the streaming games and well they're they're evolving right now as we speak uh, as the the world kind of the streaming world's got flipped on its head and upside down and today with the HBO Max news you know this isn't the old days where they would have three networks and you said which one were you watching that night and who's what are you talking about these things these series get tucked away you know that's why you're looking at how many series different series were nominated and how many different series actually were produced and it's amazing. And like, this is one that I just don't think it doesn't seem like the, the voters were watching because Colin Firth's performance is incredible. It's incredibly nuanced and it's dark and it's creepy and it's off putting, which maybe, maybe that's what, what hurt it. But as a whole, it's uh, you wonder like, it, you know, who do we have? We have, I thought there were six this year. That we all did. There are five. This was one oh. where there there were so many different things where it seemed like there was going to be six for some reason, and it was just five. You know the white Sorry. the white lotus. You know 
came out at a time again came at a time when people were kind of locked down so you know it, it was able to capture people's attention i just i wonder if it was timing for the staircase i think you know, now there's also a little bit of controversy that surrounds it where the others don't seem to have that. So I was just very surprised. I was like, expecting at least three or four uh, major nominations. And so and this is the second year in a row we haven't had an FX series in that mix. I mean, I, I, I was expecting Under the Banner of having to make a play. I, oh, yeah. but, you know, they really went for camp this year. I, I would include Pam and Tommy in that list. Right. Also, yeah. I do they think weren't that, in the mood for anything too too serious, with the exception of Dope Sick, which is maybe what helps it win potentially, is that it seems like the most important in the category by far. Right. And I think that certainly helps Michael Keaton because the only actor in his category besides him whose show is nominated for the top category is Sebastian Stan, and he's not gonna win. So no, I think- and what also <laughs> helps him is there's not a clear alternative. Well, I think Colin Firth or Andrew Garfield could be if their shows had done well, but they also, outside of acting, got absolutely nothing. And I think Ben Foster would have been a contender here, but he's not nominated, so that doesn't matter. To take down a front runner, it needs to be you versus another person. So it was Kate Winslet versus Anya Taylor-Joy. We all might have liked Michaela Cole. Some of us liked Elizabeth Olsen. It didn't matter. It was one or the other. To take down Mm -hmm. Michael Keaton, it needs to be Michael Keaton versus pick one. And the fact is, is that it's not Michael Keaton versus Colin Firth. It's Michael uh-huh. Keaton versus Colin Firth versus Vander Garfield. There's a lot of noise where Michael Keaton kind of rises to the top because of that. I think, honestly, this might be the most secure category. Mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised because there's just not there, there's not enough love for the staircase coming into this, you know, coming into voting. If there was, if it received a, a best limited series or outstanding limited series nomination, then you'd say, okay, it's got some energy, but it feels like the forgotten, you know, the forgotten series. And I think Sebastian Stan is outacted by Lily Allen, personally. Lily James. You know, I, I think I think the rest of the list. I think it's, I think it's a two person race. Before we got on, Amanda, you were talking about Connie Britton, because I see that as a, despite the fact that the statistic I quoted earlier isn't also not the critic. I think I imagined that Caitlin Deaver won something that she didn't, but I do think that it is Caitlin Deaver versus Jennifer Coolidge. Do you think there's someone else who could win or just that Britain will disrupt Coolidge enough? Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, if Coolidge had, if Connie Britton hadn't got nominated and the other gaggle of, of white Lotus gals who, uh, you know, I, Hey, I, other than uh, Sweeney, I, I'm happy with the other two, but let's, and let's just be fair. Um, I'm just scrolling down one second. Yeah. You know, Sydney Sweeney and Natasha Rothwell and Alexandra D- Dario are not going to, are not factors in this. It's the Connie Britton of it all that makes me think that Caitlin Deaver is in a good position because you have to remember, they love Connie Britton so much. They nominated her four times in a row for three different series. And if you're on your fifth nomination, like we saw with Olivia Coleman last year, sometimes it's just your turn. And if that voting, you know, if she's got enough fans, she could open the door for Caitlin Deaver, where Caitlin Deaver 
doesn't really need to worry about Mayor Wingham. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have enough to do. She frankly doesn't belong in this category. So I think me, she I think she was great in it in the series, but compared to to Deaver's work, you know, she seems like a supporting supporting character, and not not as strong enough in 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 that. Uh, you know, if you look at it in that way, not strong enough where you say she stole away from Deaver at all. Where no. Coolidge and Britain, I think, you know, I think Britain does take some of the of Coolidge's thunder and and delivers enough where you say, yeah, maybe I'll, th- I'll throw a vote. If I'm going to vote for the White Lotus, who do I choose between? But and for remember, Dopesick, you're only choosing, I think, in my opinion, you're only choosing Deaver. Yeah, and remember, there were a lot of people, you know, I, I would say they're probably, Britain probably does have her fans where maybe, you know, they're mad she didn't win for Friday Night Lights or, you know, they, they just, you know, they're just fans of hers. Any actress who's been nominated that many times has favor. And I, I do think, you know, I, I know Jennifer Coolidge has gotten a lot of press and a lot of attention and that SAG nomination is really really good for her going into this but i i it's a very campy performance it's kind of a one note performance where caitlin deaver remember you know she was snubbed for unfaithful so there might be people who feel like this is their chance to make that up to her yeah i I still think it's jennifer coolidge i don't know i mean i think i i think i disagree i'm not sure that connie britain detracts the same way just if you look at the show but that's just my perspective and i think caitlin deaver winning would be on the merits of her performance. I do think there's a scenario, though, where Jennifer Coolidge is the only win, for, even though I'm not I'm thinking the opposite, but there's a scenario where Jennifer Coolidge is the only win for the White Lotus and Dopesick picks up the rest. Well, Catherine Hahn didn't win this last year when everybody predicted her to win. Right. And she, you know, she again gave this big comedic performance. And I think she had more to do than Jennifer Coolidge, frankly. But I, I you know there are going to be people who aren't going to want to vote for that kind of a performance. This is a very unique category though. You have seven nominees, five (sighs) from one series, two from the other. So like that's, that's why I think Deaver would not surprise me. If she won, I would not be surprised. I think if I was going to bet money on it, I think I'd still possibly go Coolidge, but you have to think, they're going to pull away some votes. I don't think Mayor is going to pull away that many votes. I wouldn't underestimate Sydney Sweeney, even if we think that her performance in Euphoria is far superior. The fact that she got nominated for this, it's a much less substantial part than the, her other four fellow nominees from her show. So I would say the fact that she got nominated is a reason not to underestimate her. I could never see her winning, but I do think that she might get a lot of nominations. Um, and that's worth, worth watching. I'm sorry, votes. Votes. Yeah, yeah, yeah just the two nominations we'll stick with. Sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I just think with there, I think she will actually get some good amount, uh, some good votes for her euphoria work. So, you know, if, if anyone who's ever filled out a ballot and I, I'm sure you both have and you're actually going and making your selections, your previous votes, you know, depending on the person, sometimes weigh on you. You know, some people can look at them all objectively, one category at a time. Other times you go, you know, I did vote, uh, you know, in, in this series numerous times, or I did vote for this person. Uh, you know what? Let me take a look a little further down the list where I typically wouldn't. That's fair. I think while we're here, the other really 
uh, not necessarily really competitive, but the other competitive category that's worth talking about is the supporting actor in a limited series race. Oh, please, God. Um, please, God. I, I can't live with Seth Rogen Emmy winner. Not for I have him in, seven, in seventh place. So, Amanda, start us off. What do you think of this race? I can see how he wins. I honest to God can because there's, again, with the White Lotus oh, yeah. and with Dope Sick, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise from a lot of these nominees. And it's not, ugh. this is why I have Caitlin Deaver winner. But when I look at this and you look at Murray Bartlett, you know, you got the SAG nomination. That's a great threat. But then you got Jake Lacey and you've got Pete, you got Jake Lacey and you've also got Steve Zahn. So I don't think, you know, those are problems. But then look at what you got for Dope Sick. Will Poulter, he was amazing. Apparently he's forgotten he's British. Yeah. Him and Garfield. Uh, Peter Starsgard, Michael Stuhlbarg. Those are two actors who, you know, like we saw with Ben Mendelsohn, sometimes it's just your turn to be recognized. But there's a lot of noise in this category, which kind of helps Seth Rogen stand out because he's not from one of those two series. And he does give a pretty, uh, you know, I, I thought he would get an Oscar nomination for Steve Jobs. Um, this seems a lot more like a Seth Rogen performance, like we've seen in all of his other frat boy movies, basically. But he does have that one scene opposite, uh, and I don't remember what episode it was in, uh, opposite um, uh, Sebastian Stan, where I, I could see why they vote for him, where he is, you know, the only choice from that series. But I just don't know if I can live with it. <laughs> these two supporting categories are the most frustrating because not that They're I didn't enjoy all the work that was there. It's just that uh, Michael Stolbard should have been nominated for his work in The Staircase. Um, that's, that's what that's could what help should... him win. You yeah, never know. I, I mean, you never know. Just because it's not nominated you, doesn't you know. mean he, he's not going to. He's not, he, that's what the problem with this category. It's a mess. Parker Posey could have been in there um, <sighs> from Gaslit. What's her name? Um, Betty Gilpin? Yep. <laughs> they don't could nominate there stars. Well. Are you kidding? That was I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of names that could have been in here and made it really, really interesting because, you know, like right now, you're like, well, it's going to be, it's going to be one of the two series or Pam and Tommy. And by the way, um, I know, you, you, obviously, you don't seem to care for uh, his work, but I would love to see Seth Rogen win. I really enjoyed his performance. I think I he's the, he was under, <laughs> underappreciated. And I think a, a, a breath of fresh air to see a performance like that get, get uh, recognized because it does have its comic elements. But he, uh, you know, I, I think Seth Rogen's acting game has really stepped up over the last you know, definitely over the last three or four years, I was impressed. He might actually give a really great acceptance speech. You know what? I'm starting to come around to that where I, I don't think I would predict him. I mean, I would put him number two, to be honest, under Murray Bartlett. Because I think that's where White Lotus gets its its acting award because he does have more to do in the series than anyone else, frankly. Yeah. But I, I do think it's, uh, again, it's just... There's so much noise. It's a little bit easier a path for Seth Rogen. But again, you know, Scarsgard, those two from Dope Sick, 
you know, they're both deserving of awards attention and you just never know. Sometimes your number's up. I'll also just say that something that I'm reading into with these two categories that I shouldn't is I've actually had the chance to interview 10 out of 14 of the nominees in these supporting actor and actress categories, which is interesting, but it shouldn't really affect it because how somebody is, I don't think Emmy voters are going out and watching my interviews or other people's interviews with these people. Um, but I wait, do- wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That is exactly how they're, that is how they're making these decisions. Are you kidding me? They are going to which radar. Excellent. Why do you think all of those people are hitting the pavement? Like if Felicia Rashad, the first time she was on nominated for this is us had done one effing interview saying she had never won an Emmy before she would have won that Emmy. Right. In, in that case, I think that, you know, it's, I don't know. I think it's, it's just these, I still think Maria Bartlett is far enough ahead in this because even though both Steve and Jake, you know, Jake, I didn't have Jake predicted. Um, I think he's great. He's been one of my favorite people to interview. Um, but I do think uh, like, again, I, this is just like Ted Lasso to me that, you know, yes, Nick Mohammed is great. Yes. Tohib Dimo had the best episode of the season in terms of his submission, but Brett Goldstein is, is the clear choice because of the, the, you know, the precursors and also just the fact that he's got the biggest role. I, there was a little sarcasm with my, with my comment about, you know, of course they're going to the side. I, I you, you hope they are, you do hope, because I swear when you do speak with, you know, these actors and not just actors, but the, the people behind the scenes and the executive producers, the showrunners. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't recall an interview where my appreciation for the work hasn't been lifted. Oh, yeah. I, I would say just about every single time. So it'd be great if they did see that and get to hear. Um, it's like the, that, that hurts the most when you look at some of the nominees or the, some of the uh, performers or actors and actresses whose work hasn't been nominated. And you go, man, if only they did take the five minutes to watch this interview or 10 minutes or whatever it is, yeah. because of some of, some of the passion and some of uh, there's some actresses uh, for sure this year, I would walked away just like in awe of how much thought and care and how well they knew their characters. I'm like, man. And, and, and when you watched it back on in the second time around, you really saw it and like, damn it. If, if people only did watch uh, a lot of these interviews, I think it'd be a much more interesting race. Um, Well, I think if they went back to the panel system, it'd be a much more interesting race. Yeah. Well, if if you're, if you're listening to this and wondering, how can I see all these interviews, make sure to visit the uh, award radar YouTube channel. Oh yeah, please do. I think we're at hundreds of interviews at this point. And we have plenty more coming up in the next couple of weeks, too. Yeah, they keep coming in. Yeah. So some exciting ones. Unless we have more to talk about, I think it could be worthwhile to wrap up with a long shot that you really would love to see win, even if you don't think it's possible. I really think this is a race that under the panel system would be a hell of a lot more interesting because I love Hannah Waddingham. But I think uh, funeral-wise, she was outdone by Alex Borstein. What was Hannah Waddingham's episode submission? I can't remember. I think it was the funeral one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it would be ridiculous if she didn't. But, uh, you know, I haven't seen what Janelle James submitted, but she was... was, uh, Ava versus Superintendent? Oh, no, that's not the right one. She should have submitted the one where that actually that might not be a bad one, but she was the breakout of that show. She is the number two. Yeah. 
she really if there is this sense of like network tv actors and actresses who are like damn it i want to vote for someone on network tv she is i think far above the clear pick but i was thrilled when sarah niles got in i knew that was coming um but you know this win this is one of those categories where they haven't had a black winner in like 30 plus years jack a was the last one really jeez yeah yeah uh, we could talk about this off air i know i'm not the person who should write should write an article about this but i would love to write an article about the comedy categories for these i mean it has been at least 30 years in supporting actress actor supporting actor and and lead actress so if they're looking for some diversity in their winners she could definitely and she would be so deserving i i mean her line would beyonce delete lemonade i'm like oh my god like, I love her. Alex Borstein would be in play if episodes mattered. But it's probably going to be Hannah Waddingham. Right. I would also say um, Hannah Einbinder is really so terrific, but I feel like it's hard for her to win a category she shouldn't be in. I think it's hard for her to win mm-hmm. because she doesn't have, she's just so, uh, uh, she's so one note almost. It, it's getting a little like there's not been enough growth. She still has that kind of like, I'm looking down on people who go to Panera and I'm trying to be better, but I'm not. I mean, I don't know. I, I like her a lot. I, my problem with, I think hacks could go all the way. The only thing is that if the people were really watching and really loving it, Paul W. Downs um, and Meg Stalter would have both been nominated this year also. The fact that it got four guest actress nominations it is, you know, pretty surprising and shows that people obviously like it enough um but again for me just the fact that she had win the supporting actress when she is very clearly a lead actress um i think that would be a, a tough a tough sell just speaking of hacks and guest actress uh, this is just a funny fact but that's the one category hbo has never won acting wise is guest actress in a comedy series hmm. and of course <laughs> we all expected tracy Ullman to be there this year too for uh Kerber enthusiasm right well, I mean, Curb Your Enthusiasm has never won an acting award, so that wouldn't work. But, you know, Jane Addams or I would say maybe Laurie Metcalf does it. Then I was so thrilled to see Kate, Caitlin Olsen. I'm such a fan. I, I would love for her to win. I know it's not going to happen. Well, uh, you should I, check out a cool conversation with Harriet Sanson Harris coming to the Award Raider YouTube channel next week. She's definitely worth considering, especially as the only one who is in just one uh, episode, which is nice. Well, Lori Metcalf's only in two. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, I, I did not, in this category, I did not want to love her performance, and I did. Uh, Alex Borstein was mm. a tremendous, and I think... For me, she's the standout in in this category, and I think she should win. Uh, I because I didn't I, I thought she was okay the first you know the previous seasons. I thought this season she upped her game and really made that character much more dimensional. I was really really impressed with her work. So if uh, I think it's going to be Hannah again, if it was going to be someone else, uh, that she's the one I think who's very deserving. It's just tough when your your series has been around for a while. It's really easy in this new system to be popular once. It's really hard to stay popular. And and she, we've seen a lot of people not not be able to pull off that third Emmy win in this new system. And I think Alex Borstein would win under a panel system. I think she would be, 
I, like I said, I, I, I think he was better than Hannah Waddingham's funeral. Yeah. When you look at, you know, like Ted Lasso, I think, I wonder how it factors in that they've announced it's three seasons. So you know where these characters are in their arc, kind of, you know, you're, you're reaching a certain point. And I wonder how that factors in and how people think of it. Well, if, if there is only one more season, that's going to be interesting for Borstein and Waddingham next year, because that'll be both of their last chances. Borstein, I, I think there's a lot to do with that character. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how they how they close her, her storyline. Um, let's really quick go, go into uh, supporting actor and, and comedy series, because this is one of the stronger. I think it's a little diluted. I think there's too many nominees, but I think you have a really strong top five or six, in my opinion. This is one of my um, favorite lineups in supporting yeah. this year. For, frankly, I I, I I was a surprise with Tyler James Williams, but I also wasn't when you consider he's been on, you know, Everybody Hates Chris. Then he was on The Walking mm-hmm. Dead for a little bit. It, it makes sense how he was and able he's got to good slip in there. Yeah, he's so good as the straight, quote unquote, straight man. So there's always yeah. got to be one of those. Yeah, There's a lot here, a lot of these performances that, if they if any of them popped up, I would be very 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 happy. Um, yeah. There's one that I would I'm like please just not this one. I'm not going to say who. I'll cross my fingers that one name is not announced. Everyone else I think is deserving in so many different ways. Oh, I got to know who this is, but <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you later on. Uh, I don't like to be negative, but again, they have not had an African American winner in this category. I can't remember the last one but it has been at least 33 years. So Tyler James Williams. No, Tohidramo. They didn't nominate. That's my. That's one of my long shots. I have him in, in, in eighth. <laughs> but I do, this was actually, I was going to say for my, you know, long shot that I would love to see, and that's Anthony Carrigan. I thought he was so wonderful in season one, didn't get a lot of attention. Season two, he got in. I was very happy for that. And season three, I just think he is the most endearing element of the show i was very sad as i know steve was that sarah goldberg did not make the cut of sporting yes. actress but i think anthony Car- i mean in a in an excellent season of barry anthony carrigan is still my mvp um and i think that you know not having as much competition um you know because he had steven root last time and just henry winkler this time could be good i still think red goldstein is far enough ahead but i have him in second and i would be absolutely delighted uh, to see anthony carrigan win See, I think Toheeb Jaimo was so damn charming. I would be tempted to vote for him because uh, I did not know I needed the, that pairing of him with Hannah Waddingham. Go listen to my interview with him. He's as charming as they come. Um, I had a great time speaking with him. And I'm like, don't let this interview ruin this for me. And not only did it not ruin it, it made me uh, appreciate the character more. But he, I would be very happy with him as well. The... Um, Anthony Kerrigan, though, I think what do you know what episode he submitted? Was it the one with the the sound effects behind the wall? Second last episode or the finale? Let me double check. He's quite the range there. He's reacting to nothing, making you fear for his life. And then shortly after has this incredibly emotional moment. That's Um, true. Unfortunately, that's not his choice. His choice was forgiving Jeff, which was the season premiere. I still think is nice and you get to see him, you know, in a new relationship and other things. I think that's good. But yeah, it doesn't have that, that, uh, that episode. I interviewed him. He is lovely. He is such a nice person. Anthony Kerrigan. Um, What did Toheeb submit? I'm trying to find the list right now. 
I think, uh, let's see, do the rightest thing. Oh, she's so charming. Yeah. He is the most charming person. Yeah, this this it's a, this might be my favorite category. There's like top to bottom, even the one that I'm rooting against. I am not rooting against. I, I, I know if he wins, good for him. But the uh, seven of the eight are, I think, are. are what do you have against the Fonz? I'm just kidding. I don't know who it is. Hey, you know, hey, sit on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Nick, Barry hasn't the shark. Yeah. Well, I do want to note, though, if we're talking about Henry Winkler, he submitted starting now, which is the finale. And for anybody who's seen the finale, I wouldn't call that comedy, but he does some incredible work. Oh, oh he 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 was such a great winner. I mean, it's it's hard. It's easy to get one standing ovation on your way up. It's a whole hell of another thing to get a second one on uh, walking off. I, I I love him, but I. I, I don't think I, I think momentum's moved past him, and Brett Goldstein's he was SAG nominated, which helps. This is just a crazy year. There's so many, you know. I I think a lot of the series that we're seeing out there had very strong years um, or seasons, and you know it. Yeah, it's hard to root against. You know, this there's often like you know there's many years that I go no. You're not deserving. I don't see that this year. You know, even some of the categories where I said, well, it's unlikely so-and-so is going to win. It's not like their work is bad. You know, congratulations to all the nominees. It's just that there are some real standouts. And that's why when things like the stand or the, I'm sorry, the staircase goes uh, without, you know, with minimal nominations and other series go with no nominations in in the major categories. Like, you know, it's it's a it's a it's an amazing uh, feat to put out this much quality content, and I'm really interesting to see where all the chips land. And this was a this is a good this is one of the categories where the Emmy voters weren't lazy because it would have been really easy to have five or six lasso nominees here. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's be realistic, folks. We could have seen. Uh, Jeremy Swift and Bill Dunster sneak in. Um, Brendan Hunt. You yeah, know. Well, the thing is, in the second season, a lot of them did have that big, that big uh, episode. You know, yeah. where you could see someone latching onto it and saying, "Yeah, you know what? They deserve it for this." Um, oh, it's gonna be interesting. Let's close but it out. Wasn't a lazy any- group. No, no great list uh abe you was did you want to close out with something else more long shots yeah i mean i would say since i said anthony carrigan already let's give some emmys to l fanning and nicholas holt nice not gonna happen sorry um my long shot that i want to happen more than anything because he should have won for season three tom pelfrey for ozark for that one scene that had me in effing tears, and I think she's got a decent chance of doing it. And he's wonderful. He was, I talked to him last week. He was completely, he does not follow things, obviously. He was shocked by his nomination, and he would like, he's so wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. He's going to have a big career, and this could be the first nomin- first start. I'm going to echo some of my previous comments. I'm going to go back and say the words, better call Saul. Please do not let this 
series go away. I know we have, you know, next year, which I think actually hurts it. I'm, mm-hmm. It's like, it's too bad they didn't slip it all in. It deserves to win something. Please don't forget about it. And the other one that I'd like to see, uh, the other long shot, is pretty much, I know, oh, well, also Ray Seahorn, but uh, also anything for Yellow Jackets. I know we talked about uh, Melanie Linsky being a front runner, but I just would like to see you know a little love uh, because I, I like to see a series, especially on a network that doesn't get the love and the appreciation that you know your HBOs and Netflix do. Um, I'd love to see this you know Showtime you know walk away with the trophy because it's a series. I think I think people if if it can if it was on Netflix right now, I think it'd be huge. Um, and right now, I think it's still snowballing into something bigger. But this trophy might be just what it needs to uh, to get to the next level. So, yeah, I, I really love some of these nominations. Some of them seem really lazy to me. Um, but yeah, I, I I would love it. Took you know, it took Anagon a few years to get in, so I was thrilled to see Ray Seahorn nominated. It's always inspiring when when you see something good. When you see so much kind of like, oh, they did this again. I feel bad that for again, Sandra yeah. Oh that Killing Eve wasn't good enough to get her. Uh, it started off really good that final season. And if she had shot Villanelle, maybe, you know, maybe she would have had the episode and the, the momentum on her seventh nomination to finally win. It's a shame she's not going to win. And if that was the surprise that she finally won, I would I would be okay with that, frankly, because she's deserving of that Emmy. Yeah, it's it's a shame that that's going out not with the you know the bang that it it, no. it had. I think it deserved. It's a great series. It's just you know I think uh, again that's another one with timing that I think it came out. I don't know. It came out like during a period where. I, People were just watching all the things and it didn't have, I don't know, maybe it should have showed up at the, toward the end of, 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 uh, phase one or just before phase one voting, you, you know, know close I, out when, uh, when solved in. Well, I feel like, you know, when it, it, it debuted and she got that first Emmy nomination and then, you know, Sandra O went through that, went through it again and she won a globe and a SAG award. And I, I had to sit there all year just with this horrible feeling in my stomach, knowing she couldn't win that Emmy when she really, really should have. And if they had just BBC America should have known better than to do that. They should have Mm -hmm. debuted it in the fall. And that first season have Sandra O go through that entire season with all that love and press attention for being the first Asian actress to win a lead race and then get to the Emmys where it was a foregone conclusion. Like it was for Viola Davis she would have an Emmy. This is, this is BBC America's fault for that. But, you know, when you know all those statistics and facts and you're sitting there going, Oh God, she, she's just, you hope you're wrong and you know, it. you, you just kind of know you're going to be right. And then for it to be Jodie Comer, I was like, Oh, that's, that's the worst possible way. I mean, if it's been Laura Linney, that's just Laura Linney. You know, if it was Amelia Clark that year, then it's just, you know, game of Thrones love, but for it to be her co-star, I was like, this is the worst possible scenario 
you know, maybe being uh, BBC, maybe they don't know how to play uh, baseball and didn't know how to moneyball this one. Well, they should know. know because they've been through this with Orphan Black. They can't say they're not new to the game. And that's the one thing I will say about any network who bitches that they don't get Emmy attention. BBC America is as tiny as they come and they're able to keep getting their their ladies nominated. So that's that's not going to hold hold water as far as that argument goes. But, well, let's wrap up there. Anything else, Abe? No, I mean, there's there. I'm still making my way through some of these episodes, still finishing up some shows I should have seen earlier. And so planning to, you know, think a little bit more about this the next few weeks and see th- how things shape up. Yeah, I think we maybe uh, come back in a couple of weeks. Everybody, if you want to close out and let, uh, let everyone know where they can follow you. You can follow me on Twitter at Miss Amanda Spears. This is my favorite award show because there are just so many stats and you only need seven years of data for most of them you can find me on most social media platforms uh movies with abe uh, and i'll be uh uh you know promoting a lot of the interviews i've been doing uh, over the next couple weeks and you can follow me on twitter at filmstork you can also listen to my podcast the verse and follow us at the verse cast on Instagram and on Twitter. And, and I definitely check out our interviews on awards radar, because I think we've had uh, quite the year and, and quite the, not only the quite, not only by name, but the content of these interviews uh, sit down, take a few minutes and, and watch and enjoy because each one will make you appreciate the artist and their craft more than you did before you started. But thank you. We'll see you on Awards Radar and have a good night. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.